listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. I'm going to preach or teach on uh, a psalm that has been very, very close to my heart um, in the last year or so. I've go- I went through some uh, journals that I have, and I found kind of a theme, <laughs> um, if you will, if um, in the Psalm 84. And um, what I found as I read through it again just recently, probably within the last month or so, um, I, f- I found a theme that I hadn't seen before. Um, and you can see up here on the screen, it's heart, the heart, the history, and hereafter. Right? And um, I guess to start out with, I, wanted, I want to read some of Psalm 84, um, and, and then we're going to go back and kind of uh, dissect this a bit. Um, you're probably familiar with Psalm 84, or most of it. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts! My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy. To the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altar, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion goes on, verse 6, As they go through the valley of Baca, they make a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. I'm going to stop there, but one of the things that I noticed right before I read it for this, this most recent time, just to kind of sit down and study it, was not even verse 1, and it says, To the choir master according to... The Giteth, a psalm of the sons of Korah. And I've heard the Lord just say, find out who those people are. And I sat there and I started to just kind of, you know, dig through commentaries and cross references. And the sons of Korah, if you're not familiar, obviously are their, their father was, let's say it together. Korah, good job. Um, but in uh, number 16, I want to we'll jump back there and then I'm going to read this psalm to you again um, in, in light of who Korah was, okay? So Psalm uh, number 16, if you, if you have your Bibles, it's not going to be up on the screen, but I'm going to read to you the account of Korah. Number 16, one day Korah, son of Isar, and descendant of Koath, son of Levi, conspired with Dathan and Abram, the son of Eliab, and On, son of Peleth, and the tribe, from the tribe of Reuben. They incited a rebellion against Moses, along with 250 other leaders of the community, all prominent members of the assembly. So these are well-known and well-established leaders in their, in their midst. 
They united against Aaron, Moses and Aaron and said, You have gone too far. The whole community of Israel has been set apart by the Lord, and he is with us all. What right do you have to act as though you are greater than the rest of the Lord's people? It's a valid question, right? When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face down on the ground. Then he said to Korah and his followers, Tomorrow morning, the Lord will show us who belongs to him and who is holy. The Lord will only allow those whom, he's, has, whom he selects to enter his own presence. Korah, you and your followers must prepare your incense burners, light fires in them tomorrow, and burn incense before the Lord. Then we will see whom the Lord chooses as the Holy One. You Levites are the ones who have gone too far. These are bold, audacious, like, you, I would not want to be even a fly on the wall in this, you know, back and forth. I mean, it's, it's profound how, how accusatory each are and both feel very, very right. So then Moses um, spoke again to Korah. Now, you li- now listen, you Levites. Does it seem insignificant to you that God of Israel has chosen you from among all the community of Israel to be near him so that you can serve in the Lord's tabernacle and stand before the people to minister to them? Korah, he has already given this special ministry to you and your fellow Levites. Are you now demanding priesthood as well? So essentially what he's saying is that you're not content here with what God has established you to be and you want more, right? You want, and, and even in some, um, to get down uh, to, to the specific tasks that they were doing, the, the, they were in charge of um, the... Uh, furnishings of the temple and they had they were the only ones that couldn't carry these furnishings on carts they had to carry them um, on their shoulders it says and so and so a lot of commentaries say that they just became bitter about this because it was just this arduous task of of being um, consistently moving this stuff and it's laborious work right the lord is the one go on in verse 11 the lord is the one you and your followers are really revolting against. For who is Aaron that you are complaining about him? Then Moses summoned Dathan, Abram, and the sons of Eliab, or the sons of Eliab, but they replied, We refuse to come before you. Isn't it enough that you brought us out of Egypt, a land flowing with milk and honey, to kill us here in this wilderness, and that you now treat us like your subjects? What's more, you haven't brought us into another land of flowing of milk and honey. You have given us a new homeland with fields and vineyards. You are trying to fool these, are you trying to fool these men? We will not come. <laughs> I'm just like, seriously? Like this is, this is crazy. Then Moses became very angry and said, said to the Lord, do not accept their grain offerings. I have not taken so much as a donkey from them and I have never hurt a single one of them. And Moses said to Korah, you and all your followers must come here tomorrow and present yourselves before the Lord. Aaron will be here too. You and each of your 200 followers must prepare incense. So he's just laying it out there again for them, right? So each of these men, they conceded and they prepared an incense burner, lit the fire and placed the incense on it. 
They all stood at the entrance of the tabernacle with Moses and Aaron. Meanwhile, Korah had stirred up the entire community against Moses and Aaron. Get away from all these people so that, they, that I may instantly destroy them, said the Lord to Moses and Aaron, right? But Moses and Aaron fell on their face down on the ground. Oh God, they pleaded, you are the God who gives breath to all creatures. Must you be angry with all the people when only one man sins? And the Lord said to Moses, then tell all your people to get away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abram. So Moses got up and rushed over to the tents of Dathan and Abram, followed by the elders of Israel. Quick, he told them, Get away from the tents of the wicked men and don't touch anything that belongs to them. If you do, you will be destroyed for your, their sins. So all the people stood back from the tents of Korah, Dathan and Abram. Then Dathan and Abram came out and stood at the entrance of the tents of their tents, together with their wives and children and little ones. And Moses said, This is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do these things that I have done. So this is who I this is how you're going to know that. I'm doing what God told me to do. And it's not just my own um, conniving and looking for um, position. Um, for I have not done, uh, I've not done any of this on my own. So verse 29, If these men die a natural death, or if nothing unusual happens, then the Lord has sent me, has not sent me. But, here it is, if the Lord does something entirely new, and the ground opens up its mouth and swallows them with all their belongings and they go down alive into the grave, then you will know that these men have shown contempt for the Lord. And suddenly, this is like, he says this, he prophesies it, and then it says, he, heard a, he, he hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed these the men with, along with their households and their followers who were standing with them and everything they owned. So they went down alive into the grave along with their belongings. The earth closed over them and they all vanished from among the people of Israel. All the people around them fled when they heard their screams. The earth, swallowed, the earth will swallow us too, they cried. The fire blazed forth from the Lord and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. All right. That's Korah. And so I, I read this, right? I read this, and I, and I went back and I read Psalm 84 again. And I'll tell you what. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts, I wonder if they remembered what just happened at the dwelling place. How, how can somebody say how lovely is your dwelling place when their ancestors were swallowed up alive screaming? That is, that's a profound, bold, that's an audacious statement. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of hosts. I can't think of a place where I would say it's lovely when if my father was, uh, I, if he was 
rebelled against God and all the leaders, and he died with, from God's hand. And then he says that this place is lovely. It's his lovely dwelling place. Go on, it says, For my soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Joy? That is, that's odd again, isn't it? Would you agree with me? I mean, that's, that's, this is odd. As I'm reading this in context of who the sons of Korah are and who Korah was. There's a there's some of the commentary also there's I w- I went to Pastor Jeff this earlier this week and I said I like I f- I feel like there's this revelation that God has given me but I cannot find this in any commentary so tell me if this is heresy because <laughs> it's like this is this is something that it was just profound to me and I and it was one of those times where just you know you you can think back and you can see you wrestled with God with this. I'm going to go on. It says, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to read this again. So my soul longs and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy. I learned that, that the sons of Korah were actually, um, if the temple was here, if the temple was here, the Jordan flowed past here, and then they were on the other side. That's where they, their dwelling was. And so a lot of times when the winter rains came or when the Jordan raised to flood stage, they couldn't they couldn't get to the temple. And so there's, there's a part of this that is that they're longing to be there, but they can't. Just, you know, very, very practically. But I believe that a lot of this is that my soul longs and even faints to the course of the Lord. I believe that they even had that same desire that their fathers did to be, to be in the innermost, right? To be in, to be as priests, there, but what, what as I prayed through this and I read through it and I processed this with Pastor Jeff, they had a heart. They had an understanding of who they were in the in God's in the Israelite camp, and they were satisfied with that, right? And that is only something that God can do for us, do for them, and do for us. I'm gonna go on. Even the sparrow finds a, a home. And the swallow a nest, verse 3, for herself, where she may lay her young. At your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. You know, this is another part where it's like, this is, again, I sat there and I was like, do you know? From what I know about the history of your family, it is not a safe place. Right, the, the 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 swallow finds a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Uh, I have I have five boys. Most of you know that. I find every opportunity to find a safe place for them. And if I knew that there was a place that there was 250 leaders and uh, however many people in their camp. Um, and that later on it says there's almost 15,000 that revolted against Moses because of what happened, I would try to find the farthest place from that place to keep them safe. But yet, they say that even a sparrow finds 
a home at the, and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at the altars, Lord of hosts. My king and my God. Without a relationship, without, without God revealing his heart to the, outside, to the outsider, this would be absurd. This next part I, I feel is, um, there's a lot of facets um, for me in verse 4 and verse 5. Um, and even as we were in the prayer room today, this was a place, this verse just kept surfacing in my heart. Um, verse 4. Blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. Verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. a question of verse 5. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose hearts the highways of Zion. You know, obviously, they're, they're establishing, the sons of Korah are establishing that their strength is in the Lord. But I'm gonna, I want to take it just to a personal application tonight in this regard. I mean, you can, you can see where, you know, you can fit your story into this. Like, where am I, am I content where you have me, God? Am I, am I satisfied with the place that you've put me? Am I, am I um, or do I want the next thing? Do I want the, you know, I, I'm, my main role here is a worship leader, worship pastor, you know. And I'll be honest, there's, there's times where it's like my flesh says, I want a bigger stage. I want a bigger this, right? Jim, I'm sure, I want a bigger prayer room. I want more people in the prayer room. Because that's how, you know, would you, I mean, you'd agree with that, wouldn't you? Yeah, there's, or, you know, I want a bigger practice. I want a bigger business. I want to, there's this desire for bigger, but there's, this, there's also this point where God says, are you satisfied with being a doorkeeper? Because that's what Korah, Korah was. That's what Kohath was, too. They were doorkeepers. And later on in verse uh Verse 10, it says, For the day of the court, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. We sang that earlier tonight. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. That's a that that in itself is a direct like point to their lineage. Right? They're saying, I'm gonna prophesy that I'm I'm gonna be satisfied here at the door. Than to, than to strive for and to look for something that God hasn't given. God, he's not for me. I'm not saying that it's not good to, to pray for, to be blessed, to be, you know, God to prosper you. That, that, I'm not saying that. There's a, there's a fine line between that and contentment. You know, we've talked about that before. So going back, that's my rabbit trail. So I, get, I get one rabbit trail, that's my rabbit trail. Verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. That they, are a sta- that they say that, that their, needs, their strength is in God means that there is 
a struggle. Would you agree with me? There's, there, if there was no struggle, they wouldn't have to have this strength that they're speaking of, correct? Now, the question is, is what do you do in that struggle? You know, verse 4, it says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. In whose heart the highways to heaven. In whose heart the highways, the kingdom of God will come on the, on the praises, basically, of those hearts that are establishing praise in hard times. It's here where we must learn, in my opinion, one of the most valuable lessons in worshiping God. The strength we have in God is closely, and I might even suggest, directly correlated to the promise, to the praise we offer in our weakness. I'm going to say that again. In my opinion, one of the most valuable lessons in worshiping God is this, that the strength that we have in God and the praise that we offer Him is directly correlated to the kingdom being established in our midst. So I'm going to ask a question, and then I'm going to I want to go to into. Um, I want to actually first I'm going to I want to go to Acts 16. We all know this story. Acts 16, Paul and Silas, right? This is a this is a New Testament example of this this playing out. Acts sixteen twenty five and twenty six. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and and the prisoners were listening to them. <laughs> and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately. All the doors were open and everyone's bonds were unfastened. That's the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of God coming in power and might and strength. And where did it come from? It came from the praises of those that were in a, in a very, very dark and dismal place. And so, my question to you tonight then is this. What are you going through right now? And I, and I, you know, we had testimony tonight. There's also a, another part of life where there's trials. And, and I think there's time, there's, it's okay to talk about trials. It's okay to, to identify that there's trials going on. I think that um, the danger is, is when you just only talk about your trials and you're not talking about the testimony and the pray and, and the, the testimony that has happened, right? Who God is. Um, this morning I was reading in Psalm 139. Um, you know, you knew me before. You knit me together in my mother's womb. You know, fearfully and wonderfully made. And then I and I, I I wrote this out. He made me. He made me to worship. You don't need to have a title of a worship pastor to, for that to be understood. He made you to worship. 
It is his desire for those he created to worship him, not based on your victories in life alone, but to praise him through all life, when easy and hard, when it's a natural response, or when it's a laborious work and sacrifice, when things seem to be fitting together, and when things seem to be falling apart. Praise is what God desires. Praise is what he's longing for. Blessed are those whose strength is in you and whose heart are the highways to Zion. So what are you going through? What trial is it? I, I'm not going to ask. I don't think we need to like stand up and have everybody say, here's my trial, right? But I do believe that there is power in praising in the midst of your trial. Okay? There's power in praising in the midst of your trial. And when we get a hold of that, when we have that understanding, we're not afraid of the trials anymore because it's a testimony of what God is doing in our life. Amen? There is a, there is a, there's a, a dynamic of, we talked about that today, right? Jim, help me out here. We talked about just the war in worship, right? There is a, there is a, um, worship is, worship is warfare, Clash of kingdoms. And I've had, I've had conversations with close friends that would disagree with me. And they're going to listen to this podcast on the website and they're going to know that I'm talking about them. But worship is warfare. And I can point to this and, and Paul and Silas. It's not a war of guns and tanks, but it's a warfare. You get me. I have so much. I walked into Jeff's office earlier this week and I said, I need a six-week series. So I told him. Um, so I guess that what I want to land... Um, with this, I, I guess the one thing that there's, I'm going to say two things. There may be more as I talk. Two things that I want to take away. What's your, what's your trial that you're praising through? Because that's going to be where the kingdom of God is, is manifest, where he starts to work. Because he sees your faith. He sees your praise. The sons of Korah didn't, didn't this is, the sons of Korah did not create a theology of God based around their circumstances and their history. Right? They didn't create a theology around their, their, the failings of their, of their fathers, the generational sin that they, that they could have walked into. I mean, it, it was, they even said that, I, I, I long for your presence. I long for this. And I would say even as my fathers did, but they had a, they had a perspective that was, I believe, greater than what their fathers had. And then two, so find, the, find your, what is your trial? Praise him in it and, and start to ask God, what, what are the theologies that I've created around disappointment or um, you not speaking or you not um, healing or you not, the list is incredibly long, isn't it? 
what are what are those, God? Like, because only you and that's only between you and God. Because I, I truly believe that we we have theologies that we're working out personally, right? That my my understanding of God is that we have we have theologies at Praise Community Church. We have our what we value, what we you know our our list of our beliefs, what we our doctrine, um, and all that stuff. But I believe that there's these personal theologies that we start to to fall into that aren't God, right? And there, there's there's a an, an incredible danger in that because then what happens is then you're you you start to testify to the wrong Jesus. And you start to say this is this whether it's with your words or your actions, you start to testify the wrong Jesus. The sons of Kor did not they did not testify to the wrong God. They said, How lovely is your dwelling place. I'm safe in your presence. You're a good daddy. Invite the worship team to come up. This is their coming up here. I mean, there's... Your trials are going to, they may bring you tears. They may be hard. But listen to this. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make a place, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength and each one appears before God in, in Zion. Let me say this. There where does it say that the that these valleys are are nourished from? It was in the belly of the earth, the springs where their fathers died. They're saying there's life where my father. There's life there. So whatever trial you're going through, whatever you're you're facing, there's life. There's a testimony. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for this word. I thank you for the example. I thank you that we can have the revelation of how good you are. That you can be established. That you are established in heaven. You are established in our praises on earth. God, I pray that as we as we face those, those things, that we are Maybe we've, we've wept over the trials, God, that have been ones that have maybe shaken us to our core. Lord, give us the strength. Give us the grace to praise you in it. Because there's a testimony there, God, and I praise you for that.
Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.